I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 196. Hello, and welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture, hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. We're on our third week of hymns during the month of November on the podcast, and I reached out to my daughter's Bible teacher at the Christian school where I work and where my children attend, and he gave me the hymn, Nothing But the Blood, and he even gave me some verses to go with it. So I chose a version by Jars of Clay because I love it. So let's listen. Nothing can for sin atone. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And not of good that I have done. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is all my hope and peace. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And this is all my righteousness. If you're like me and really dig a new sound to an old classic, or if you prefer the organ in all its glory, the truth of what is taught in this song is profound. And when this hymn was first published in 1876, Hebrews chapter 9 verse 22 was quoted underneath the title, Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. And this song elaborates on that idea, repeatedly stating that nothing but the blood of Jesus purifies us. The most powerful idea is found in the section that I just played. It acknowledges that it says, not of good that I have done can save. And when you sing this hymn, I want you to contemplate the significance of sin in separating us from God and the great value of of Jesus's work on the cross. I did a little digging to see if I could find some thoughts by Jars of Clay as to why they embarked on this entire album called Redemption Songs. I really identified with something that the lead singer Dan Hasseltine said in an interview on beliefnet.com. I'm going to link to that whole interview in the show notes. Uh, You can find those show notes every week at michellenizat.com. And you just put the episode number. So this week it's michellenizat.com forward slash 196. And Dan says, I'm not that inspired by a lot of the contemporary worship songs that keep going back to God, I'll do this for you. I'll say this. I'll speak this. I'll act this. 
What I need is not to hear more about what I'm going to do, but about what God has done and who God is and who I am in light of that. What I do is secondary, if lowly, to what God has done and where God is reaching into my life. Yes, yes, yes. I must focus on who God is and what he has done first, then discover who I am in light of that. And this is why it is my goal to always send you back to God's word. You know, the music we listen to may inspire us. It may even solve riddles of life with the lyrics. It may help us respond to God in praise. It may help us remember what we've studied, hopefully, right? It may help us meditate on truths found in God's word, but it cannot replace or be the only source of God's word in our lives. Now, you know I love Christian music. My goodness, <laughs> I have a podcast where contemporary Christian music is the launching pad, but I recognize the weaknesses found therein. Does it mean that I stop listening? Absolutely not. I just want to be a discerning listener. I want at least some of the music you listen to to offend you. After all, the gospel is offensive. It reminds us that apart from God, we are nothing. We don't need to hear we're amazing. We need to hear uh, that God is amazing and without him, we are nothing. Our song declares the following. It says, nothing can for sin atone, not of good that I have done. And scripture is pretty clear that our good is pretty worthless. In fact, let's jump over to Isaiah chapter 64, verse 6. And it says, we are all infected and impure with sin. When we display our righteous deeds, they are nothing but filthy rags. Like autumn leaves, we wither and fall, and our sins sweep us away like the wind. Now, I don't want to get too graphic here, but honestly, I think we may need to in order to get the clear picture that scripture is trying to declare to us. When we display our righteous deeds, when we present the good that we have done, they are nothing but filthy rags. It can also be interpreted as menstrual rags. Yeah, that's gross. That's not just dusty. That's filthy. You know those cleanser commercials where the surface looks dirty and then you spray the magic cleaner on it and it wipes clean as if it had never been dirty? It's not like that. This dirty, it leaves stains. We cannot atone for our sin by deciding to do better. We cannot try to be a better person and atone for our sin. We cannot offer any good deeds. We are infected and impure. But our chorus says, Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow and no other fount I know. Nothing, nothing, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Now, in Zechariah chapter 13 is where we see Jesus being referred to as the fountain. It says, On that day there shall be a fountain opened for the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to cleanse them from sin and uncleanness. Now, Jesus, again, is the fountain that will be opened. And if you follow the Bible interaction tool exercise of asking on what day, like the verse opens out by saying, on that day, there shall be a fountain opened for the house of David. So then the next question is, on what day? So the way you find that out is you read the chapter before. You're going to read in context. You will see that Zechariah chapter 12 speaks of the salvation of the Lord. 
and the one whom they've pierced. So that's also a foretelling of Jesus and the salvation offered through him and then calls him the fountain. So when you sing, no other fountain I know, that's you, you know that you're referring to Jesus and it's referring to this scripture or this name for Christ as found in Zechariah. Now there's more scriptural proof that we haven't done anything to deserve the sacrifice of Christ. And you can find that in Romans chapter 5, verse 8. God showed his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So again, it's nothing that we've done. It's not like we got cleaned up first and then he accepted us. While we were still sinners, he died for us. And our hymn talks about the pardon that only the blood of Jesus can secure for us. And Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7 says, He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. Other translations say redemption through his blood. But the New Living Translation, it just goes goes ahead and defines it for us. Our freedom, our pardon has been purchased. And it truly is a pardon. I want you to think about it. A pardon in the legal sense is when someone who's been convicted is declared absolved from the crime as if they had never been convicted. And so we know that the pardon that only the blood of Jesus can secure for us, our redemption through his blood. All right. In 2 Corinthians uh, 5.17, it says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. The pardon is complete. The sin is washed away like it never even happened. All right, our hymn goes on to declare, Our hope and peace is founded in the blood of Jesus. And so does Colossians chapter 1. Verse 20, it says, well, actually, let's start in verse 19. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, in Jesus, and through Jesus to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. So our peace is made through the shedding of Christ's blood. This just goes back to verify everything that our song is singing about. Now, our song says, this is all my righteousness. And Titus reminds us that once again, it's not our righteousness or again, our righteous acts. It's the righteousness of Christ, the salvation and washing of rebirth and renewal made possible because of the shed blood of Christ. So Titus chapter three, verse five, when the kindness and love of God, our savior appeared, He saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Now, I know in our culture today, we don't understand this idea of the shedding of blood doing what the shedding of blood of Christ has done. Uh... And the writer of Hebrews, he refers to some of the Old Testament acts of Moses as he's trying to make the link back to Christ. So in Hebrews chapter 9, it says, um, I'm going to start in verse 19. When Moses had proclaimed every command of the law to all the people, he took the blood of calves together with water, scarlet wool, and branches of hyssop and sprinkled the scroll and all the people. He said, this is the blood of the covenant, which God has commanded you to keep. 
in the same way, he sprinkled the blood both uh, with the blood, both the tabernacle and everything used in its ceremonies. And this is where verse 22 comes up again. It says, in fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. So whether I understand it or not, that's the framework that God has laid out. Without the shedding of blood, there is not forgiveness. There's no remission of sin. So he laid out the framework and he provided that foreshadowing of the final sacrifice that he fulfilled through the offering of his only son. And this atoning sacrifice was for us. But why? So we could have a salvation card in our back pocket? No. So we could love First John 4, 7 says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Now, you might think that this seems out of context of what we're talking about when we've been talking about the blood of Jesus but it was tucked in there. It says nothing, it says that um, uh, in our song, nothing but the blood could atone for our sins, but it was not so that we could be saved or just so that we could be saved, but so that we would live saved, reflecting the love that was poured out on us from the fount of living water. It says it right there. It's tucked right in the middle. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Now, I know I normally introduce my bites, my Bible interaction tool exercises near the beginning of the podcast. We jumped in so fast. So if you want to follow the pattern that I used this week, then uh, you can use this week's show notes to remind you of the scripture references that link back to our lyrics. Remember, just go to michellenizat.com forward slash 196. Then as you look up the references for yourself, use the bite of writing out scripture. This will help with the bite of meditating on scripture. Okay, I want you to ponder the gravity of the truth of scripture. I want you to think about these scripture references, even especially as it relates back to our song, our hymn that we've been um, using this week. Then use the bite of reading in context. So you look up the scripture reference, you write it out, you meditate on it, you ponder it, you think about it. And then go ahead and read the entire chapter where that verse is, or even maybe the, the chapter before that chapter and the chapter after. I, I want you to um, understand it in the context of where, where it's been written, okay? And then you could go deeper than even than we did here this week, and you could journal your questions, your observations, and other thoughts as you meditate on these scriptures, okay? So what's next? Well, listen to the song and then do the work, okay? Use the bites I introduced uh, to interact with God's word this week. Reflect on the idea 
that nothing but the blood could have atoned for our sins. But it was not merely so we could be saved, but rather so that we would live saved. And then while you're in God's Word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michellekneezat.com. Hop on Twitter at michellekneezat or Facebook. Michelle L. Nizat is my public page. Let's talk about what you're learning. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to thank the premier Christian music streaming service, TheOverflow.com, for pointing their subscribers to this podcast, but more importantly, pointing them to God's Word through music. When you subscribe to their trial, you will receive a 10-day series of devotions I wrote based on some of my most popular podcast episodes, so I encourage you to check them out at TheOverflow.com. I also want to thank my newest subscribers to my website, like Coral from Australia, Chris from Texas, Becky from somewhere in the U.S., Kelly from Indiana, and Rochelle from Mississippi. Welcome. Now, new subscribers to my my website will benefit from an email that I send once a week. In that email, you get a weekly memory verse resource to display on your smartphone, your tablet, your desktop, or you can even print it out. You will also get an email recap of the week's episode, and uh, you get instant access to any of the extra resources that I create from time to time. And all of that is just my way of saying thank you for listening. So head over to michelle.com, michellekneezat.com to subscribe today. And then don't miss an episode of my podcast. You can subscribe directly in iTunes or on Stitcher Radio if you have an Android device. And while you're there, would you please leave me a written review and a star rating? I really appreciate it. It not only encourages me, it definitely does that, but it also helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Just like Sweet Jesus Follower who writes, I came across your podcast by accident, if you believe this was an accident. What a blessing to find a way to more fully appreciate the songs I listen to and enjoy. I feel like I have a new friend. Your podcast will become part of my life. I intend to start by incorporating them into my daily walks. Thank you for what you're doing. Well, thank you for that kind review. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will be using Come Thou Fount by Hilary Scott to jump into scripture. If you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneezat.com forward slash 196. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways. (laughs) 